welcome to Blitzcast number 65. I'm your host, Alex Kaptoff. I'm going to bring in my uh, partner and co-host, uh, Ed Hunt, very shortly. Uh, we've got Conference USA preview today. We've got American Athletic Conference preview. Uh, we're going to break down, a, uh, bring in a couple of more scouting reports into the fold. And we're going to talk about Another Alabama wide receiver, Jerry Judy, who's going to be a junior this year. And then we'll talk about the very talented safety from LSU, Grant, Grant Delpit. Um, so, Ed, uh, obviously we, uh, we brought in, we decided to talk about a couple of underclassmen. Um, how excited were you uh, to watch the film on, on Delpit and Judy without getting too much into it? Yeah, I mean, we were kind of going to go with the, you know, watch all the seniors first, but there just aren't as many exciting seniors this year as there are just underclassmen. I mean, uh, these are both very fun players to watch, and these are guys who, um, you know, Delpit, I, 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 I think he's a top 10 pick, and he'd be a top 5 pick if he played a, a, a better position, you know, a position that was more valued. Um, Jerry Judy is a, is a bona fide first-round pick. I mean, both guys, both guys, I believe, are going to be top 10 picks if they stay healthy and if they continue to uh, put up numbers like they've done over the past couple of years. And um, I think you'll hear a lot of comparisons uh, with Delpit and, and Jamal Adams um, just because, I mean, they, they come from the same school, basically. And Adams was a very high pick as a safety and Delpit is always around the ball. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that, obviously. And Judy, I mean, you and I remember Judy, right? I mean, he made that big-time catch at, at the end of the, the game, the national championship game. Remember, as a freshman, that's when he came yeah. on the scene, basically, against Georgia. And uh, that, that was pretty amazing when he caught that ball uh, that, that Tua threw to him. I mean, one of the things I like about Jerry Judy, and I think teams are going to like this about him, is he's a big-game player. Yeah, he really is. Well, let, let's talk about it. Let, let's get to Jerry Judy. Obviously, Alabama has uh, has has been able to um, the the players, especially the wide receivers that have come from Alabama in recent years, have have found success. Obviously, I mean, we could talk about Julio Jones. Uh, your guy Calvin Ridley had a really good rookie season. Um, so Alabama has has produced at this position. And obviously NFL teams are taking notice. Um, they, they know obviously about Jerry Judy. And to me, he's going to be the number one wide receiver right now. It's a very talented wide receiver class. Uh, there are a lot of underclassmen there. This isn't this isn't last year's group. This isn't the group two years ago. Uh, this is going to be a big-time wide receiver class, and I believe Jerry Judy is at the top of that class. So let's let's dive into it a little bit more. You believe that he's a big-time player. He comes up big in in those big moments and those key moments. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a little I'm a little less excited about Jerry Judy when I compare him to Grant Delpit. I'm I'm higher. I mean, if I had to pick, I had to pick between two good players. I, I would probably go Grant Delpit at this point in his career. Well, let's talk about Jerry Judy before we uh, dive into uh, and talk about Delpit. Okay. Um, first, the thing is he has goods in his route running. Um, he's a deep threat. Um, he's a guy who can line up the slot on the outside. Um, he's a guy who, you know, drew pass interference calls. Um, so, you know, definitely a guy hard to contain. Um, he's a willing blocker. Um, I, I will say he's not a great open field blocker. Um, he needs to high point the ball better. I... I 
I sort of would like to see like what his uh, vertical jump number is at the combine. Um, because I, I I don't see him high pointing the ball very well. Um, I think he's feisty, but I don't think he's a great like speedy yards after catch guy. I think I think he plays with some edge, but I don't think he. Uh, I don't I don't love him as a yards after catch guy. Um, when you when you look at him right now, Ed, obviously it's tough to compare you know Jerry Judy to. Julio Jones, uh, because Julio Jones became a big-time player as a pro. Uh, but do you see, when you look at his game, you see a lot of, like, a young Amari Cooper? When, mm. when he was at Alabama? Because, and here's why I'm making that, that comparison, because Cooper was a big-time route runner when he came out of college. And I, I see a lot of that in Jerry Judy. He's still developing, obviously. He's not at that same level as Cooper was. But he still has another year before he declares. He is a really good route runner for a young player. And, I mean, you talk about those key moments when he makes those catches. He's willing to, to come up big in those big games. When you look at his stats... I mean, he came up big, whether it was a freshman or a sophomore, he always came up big in those key moments, in those key games. And and to me, that's really huge. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, teams like teams like clutch players, and you like that in every sport, you know, like, uh, you know, I got my Red Sox shirt on, thinking of David Ortiz, you know, that, that type of player, you know, who just seemed to get the big hit when it mattered. Um you know, and, and obviously we, you know, you can name tons of these guys in sports and just, they seem to, they seem to just perform when the, when the lights are on. And, you know, that's, that's definitely something, that's definitely something that Jerry Judy's going to like, you know, big teams like, you know, the big teams that, you know, are playoff contenders and wanting to get to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl and are making a run. They're going to they're going to like this guy. In fact, I could see a team trading up for this guy. When I, when I look at Judy, I want to make that comparison. I see a young Amari Cooper. They're about the same size. I mean, he's listed at about 6'1", 192. He's closer to about six feet and a half. He's going to get up to 195, possibly 200 come draft time. Um, he's a good route runner. He's got good hands. Uh, he could line up outside. I, I believe he is more comfortable playing from the slot right now, but it gives him that advantage where he can move around. He can be on the outside. He can be playing from the slot. Um, I also feel like he is the go-to guy. I mean, Tua does look his way when he wants to make that big-time play. He's a deep threat. Um, he's not a big-time athlete like Julio Jones, but he's a good athlete. And he's got legitimate 4-4 speed. And that's the reason why I'm making comparison with, with Amari Cooper. I see a lot of similarities there. Yeah, I just I'm not a big fan of comparisons because you're always going to find exceptions with these guys. You know, no no two players are the same. Um, you know, sometimes when I do player comparisons, I try to I try to use it in, in like comparison to like a role they might play. Um, that's where I like to do player comparisons, but it, it's hard to it's hard to really you know factor. I mean, there's just so many factors in these player scouting reports that you know no two players can be the exact same. No, absolutely not. It's just you you try to come as close as you can, and I see a lot of similarities in his game. And they're about the same size. They're good athletes, and and they've got four four speed, and, and they they both come from the same program. Uh, they run good routes, and 
It's just like I said, I, I see a lot of similarities there. Uh, I, I'm excited. To be honest with you, uh, in this draft class, we, we didn't have, you know, the last two draft classes, we didn't have big-time wide receivers. But in this year's class, obviously once we dive into these guys a little bit more, and I've already done that, uh, the wide receivers are just are going to be a strength in the 2020 NFL draft. And I believe Jerry Judy is at the top of that class. And I do believe that he is a top 10 talent uh, when it's all said and done. I mean, he is a guy that took a step forward uh, as a sophomore, 68 receptions, over 1,300 yards. Uh, he averaged over 19 yards per catch, and he had 14 touchdowns on the season. I think his numbers are going to go up, even with with the talented Alabama wide receiver core that they have there. But Judy is still going to be the key guy. So unless something drastic happens, like an injury, I anticipate that, that Judy is going to be a top 10 pick in, in next year's draft. I, I, I'm i not going to disagree with that. I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see just more film work on some of these other guys. I'd like to, I'd like to kind of put uh, Lavisca Chenault under the under the microscope, and obviously he's been a big producer at Colorado, and just some some other names. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think I think it's pretty, you know, the early feeling in the draft community is that wide receiver is the position of strength. Yeah, it, and like I said, and Judy is definitely at the top of that list. So. Another Alabama wide receiver to, to get to know because in next year's class, he, he's going to go pretty high. All right, let's dive into uh, – let's talk about Grant Delpit, um, the, the talented junior safety from LSU. And I've already mentioned that, you know, the comparison is probably going to be – a lot of people are going to throw out a comparison to Jamal Adams because – Adams was a big-time player in, in the secondary for LSU for a couple of years. Obviously, he went very high. He was drafted by the New York Jets. I think there are a lot of comparisons are going to be to Ed Reed because Delpit is a big-time ball hawk. I mean, he's instinctive. He's always around the ball. And to be honest with you, it's... Uh, there, there are some similarities that I see in Delpit uh, when, when I evaluate him and I compare him, and I'm like, I see a little bit of Ed Reed in him. I see a little bit of Sean Taylor in him because Sean Taylor and Ed Reed were two players that just dominated college football. And when they came to the NFL, they, they continued. And I think Delpit just hit the sky's the limit for this guy. So continue it. Yeah, I I like I like Jamal Adams a lot. Like I, I I this was kind of before I did this podcast, but when I sort of was writing um scouting reports, you know, J Jamal Adams was a guy I was really high on. Um I I'm probably I probably if I had to choose between the two between Jamal Adams and Grant Delpit, um I I would choose Jamal Adams. But I mean there's a lot there's a lot to like about Grant Delpit. I mean, he is he is an elite He's an elite safety prospect. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's a top 10 pick. And I mean, safeties aren't always picked in the top 10. So you got to earn top 10. Well, I mean, Adams was a top 10 pick. And uh, I believe Delpit, the, the way he performed, especially last year, um, again, the, the athleticism, the speed, the size, it's all there. So uh, continue uh, along with his strengths. I mean, what do you, what do you like most about his game? Well, you know, I mean, this isn't the biggest thing, but he, he's got six three height. Um, he's got, um, you know, he can tackle in the deep zone, strong in run defense, instincts are 
elite. Instincts are elite. He functions in slot coverage. I think if there's like one part of his game that I'm that I'm like not, you know, if I'm if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm probably gonna shy away from. I kind of shy away from using him as a as like a slot cover guy. I think he can do the job when called upon, but I don't think it's what he does best. I think you know he's got good tackling technique, elite instincts. You know when they can put him in the deep zone, when they can have him key on on the runner. Um, you know, even even a guy where you you kind of give him some flexibility in the defense. You know, where you you maybe don't give him you know strong assignments, um, and you let him kind of just you know figure out what he needs to be at. Um, I think that's really where he can be a dynamic player. Well, like I said, he's he's a guy that you can use all over all over the field. And um, you know, I saw Sean Taylor, who played at Miami at that time, change the game of college football. I mean, he just took over games as a safety. I saw the same thing from Ed Reed. Uh, people knocked him because he felt he was a bit undersized. It's tough to, to make comparisons to uh, guys that, well, Sean Taylor would have been in the Hall of Fame if it wasn't for what, you know, a tragic thing that happened to him. Ed Reed is obviously a Hall of Famer, but Delpit is really, really good. And, from everything that you see from a physical standpoint, from his speed, um, he's a guy that's going to get better because I saw a lot of improvement in his game between his freshman and sophomore year. And so I expect him to be the leader of that team this year, not only on defense, but just just overall. I mean, uh, would you spend it if he continues to, to get better, if he continues to play at this high level? I mean, I wouldn't. I would assume you wouldn't have a problem to spending a top five pick on Delpit. Not at all. Not at all. Um, he 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 is he is an elite safety. Um, you know he 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 has he has the upside to be like a you know a, a Pro Bowl safety. I mean he I I I don't put him as high as Jamal Adams, but I I, I mean he he has the potential to be around John, Jamal Adams' success in the league. Well, I mean, obviously the Jets thought very highly of Jamal Adams, and he has turned into a big-time player. And obviously Ed and I believe that the sky is the limit for Grant Delpit as well. It's He is the next great safety to come out of the SEC and from the LSU program that seems to have a knack of turning out great players for, from the secondary out there. So, And and I, I know there's a lot of, like, uh, there's kind of something going around the Internet, you know, what's, like, uh, different positions, like, you know, running back you and so forth. I think I think secondary you is LSU. I mean. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, they, they have turned into secondary you over, you know, over the past five, seven years especially. And we're talking about cornerbacks and safeties. I mean, they've turned out a lot of great players out there, and they continue to do so. Um, so, yeah, I think it's fair. It's a fair comparison. It's the same thing with Alabama. I mean, they are slowly becoming the wide receiver you. Um, and when you talk about Amari Cooper and Julio Jones, I mean, those two players already define the position. And when you've got a couple of more guys in line for, for the 2020 NFL draft like Jerry Judy, so you, you can definitely – Take it up a notch as well. So uh, USC is the, the quarterback U, and Alabama has turned into the wide receiver U. LSU has turned into the secondary U. What I'm saying is 
both Jerry Judy and Grant Delpit, in my eyes, deserve to be top 10 picks. And these guys are special. And uh, when you see a special player, you definitely take notice. So I wish them uh, the, the best this year as juniors. If if everything goes well, they're definitely going to declare for for next year's NFL draft. I mean, there's no reason for them to, to stay uh, as seniors uh, if they continue to improve and, and get better each and every day. Um, all right, Ed, uh, let's, let's move on to the, the conference previews. Uh, let's do the American Athletic. Um, uh, we've been doing conference previews uh, every week, and we continue to do so in college football. And American Athletic Conference, you know, the, the past couple of years, UCF has been so good. I mean, they've just been great. Uh, Josh Heupel came in last year, and he, he showed what he can do as a first-year head coach. Obviously, he inherited a, a great program already. But UCF is not going to have Mackenzie Milton this year. Um, you, you still see UCF as the favorite in your eyes in the American Athletic. And can Brandon Wimbush uh, continue that, that winning tradition there at UCF? Yeah, I, there's a lot to like about UCF, um, and even even if uh, even if they don't go with Brandon Winbush, uh, you know Daryl Mack uh, could also be the guy. Um, you know they have a lot of playmaking talent at skill positions. Um, the offensive line is re- largely intact. Um, I guess maybe the reason why they might take a little step back this year is uh, their defense. You know, particularly their defensive line, um, but they have a lot of their secondary returning. So. But I mean, this is this is a program that outclasses the rest of the American Athletic Conference. You still believe that, even without Milton, even with those losses on defense, you still believe that UCF is the team to beat. Oh yeah, I, I definitely think they are, and I, I mean they 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 just they they they've I mean they've brought in transfers, they've brought in they've got plenty. They just I mean just like even they're just their roster depth, you know, outclasses a lot of a lot of. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, the teams. other teams in that conference. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're, they're recruiting is like on par with, uh, you know, a lot of these power five schools. In fact, they're, they're, you know, they're top 25, you know, their, their recruiting is like, um, you know, they, they, if, if there's a team that deserves to be, in a in a power five conference that isn't this is the this is the team no ucf has been absolutely amazing the the past couple of years but last year they were in big big trouble against temple and they also had some trouble against memphis uh in both games so um i just think mackenzie milton was their guy he was their spark and even though they have great players and they've got josh heupel as as their head coach and brandon wimbush is a fine quarterback by the way, he transferred from Notre Dame. I'm going to go with somebody else, Ed. Um, it's not because I don't like UCF. UCF has been great. But I'm going to go with Memphis as the best team. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, they've, they've also been fun and exciting to, to watch under Mike Norwell. Uh, their offense has been putting up huge points. It doesn't matter who plays quarterback out there. I realize that they lose Daryl Henderson, their, their spark plug. They lost Tony Pollard, uh, the other 
running back slash wide receiver, but they still have Patrick Taylor. He's back. He he was a thousand yard rusher. He scored sixteen times. Uh, he's a big big time running back out there. He's got huge size. I think he's about six two, two hundred and thirty pounds. They've got Brady White at quarterback, and like I said, with Mike Norwell running the show, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They always seem to put up huge numbers. And and Brady White, he completed over sixty three percent of his passes for over three thousand yards last year, twenty six touchdowns, and. and he, he, you know, was a good decision maker out there. So uh, they've got enough talent on the offensive line. The only knock on Mike Norvell and, and Memphis is that he's been 0-3 in those bowl games. And he can't seem to, to, to beat UCF. But, you know, 26 victories in three years. And they've got White at quarterback, Coxie at, quarterback, at, at wide receiver. They've got Patrick Taylor at running back. I think their defense is going to be good, and I think this is the team that's going to overtake UCF this year, and that, that I'm going with uh, I'm a believer in Bem- in Memphis out there. I just believe that they don't have UCF on the regular season schedule. Uh, I think they've got Old Miss at home. Uh, their schedule isn't scary, so I believe Memphis is a team that can win 10 or 11 games, and I think UCF is going to take a little bit of a step back. Um, okay. What do you think is uh, – who is the team on the rise in this conference for you? Well, one of the things – one of the risers I think is uh, the South Florida Bulls. Um, you know, they, they had kind of a disappointing season where they started 7-0 and and then they ended up 7-6. and um, But, you know, they have nine players starting on – or returning on offense. Uh, you know, they have a good coach in Charlie Strong. Um, you know, he's definitely good for that conference. Um you know they'll get their their defensive leader Nico Sautel. Um, you know he's their kind of their guy at middle linebacker. He's been hurt, um, and you know what they're gonna do is they're gonna rely on good offense to win games. So I, I like I like uh, I like South Florida as a team on the rise. Um, another team on the rise that I like is uh, SMU Mustangs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they have a solid quarterback transfer in Shane Buccelli. Um, and he's Texas, a Texas guy. Texas, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Um, they return seven on offense. They return eight on defense. Um, you know, also to be Sonny Dyke's second season, which should give them a chance to improve. You know, usually from year one to year two, you see the biggest improvements. Um, and they have an easy non-conference schedule, playing no Power Five teams, which they you know couldn't say last year. So I like I like SMU to grow this year. Um. So what, what what were your risers? Uh, I've got one team. I'm going to go with Houston. Um, I just think that Dana Holgerson is – it's going to be exciting to watch Houston this year. Look, they, they weren't a bad team uh, this past year. I think they went 8-5. and five. Uh, But Holgerson coming from West Virginia, bringing in his offense, and having the quarterback in place, Derek King, uh, I think that's – it's going to be amazing. It's just going to be a huge – they're just going to click. I mean, this is a quarterback that completed 64% of his passes for like over close to 3,000 yards, 36 touchdowns. He also ran for like over 600 rushing yards and 14 scores. He's a dual threat quarterback and he's special as a college quarterback. We'll, we'll talk about his pro prospects a little bit 
later on in the show. But, um, you know, his mobility and his ability to throw accurately and throw the deep ball. Um, yeah, De'Ara King just is going to be special. And I think that in De La Holgerson's offense, and they've got enough wide receivers out there as well. They've, they've got some weapons in the passing game. Um, they're they're going to score a lot of points, and they're going to be exciting. Obviously, they're going to lose. They lost Ed Oliver, and that's huge. But they played without him now, you know, for most of the season, uh, for half of the season, basically. And I think Houston has enough in place. And I think not only this year, but in the future as well. I think Houston is is definitely a team on the rise in the American Athletic. Uh, how about uh, a team that you feel is is going to disappoint next year? I'm I'm not really high on Navy next year. Um, I thought their offense was terrible last year, and I don't think it's going to look any better this season. Um, they only returned three starters on offense and two on defense. I think they have three, like six returning players on both sides of the ball. Um, six starters returning on both sides of the ball. Um, they have a new defensive coordinator in Brian Newberry. Um, so this is a transition year for the defense. Um, really, really, I just, I think Navy, you know, I, I know it's a big tradition school and obviously they're a military academy and, you know, they're, it, you know, there, there's sort of a charm to the way they do things, but, you know, in a competitive field, uh, they're, they need to be more aggressive on offense and their scheme, their defensive schemes are outdated too. Um, well, it's tough. I, it's tough for them to compete. I mean, they're 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 Navy Academy. You know, it's not like they're getting big time recruits that that come there. So they they have to do the best that they can with with the players that they have. So um, yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna be tough. They they had a tough year last year, and uh, I can't. I don't see them bouncing back as well. So I agree with you about Navy. But I'm going to go with another team. Uh, keep it a little bit more interesting, I guess. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I, I love what Luke Fickle has done with this team. And this is the same squad that went 11-2 and last year. That was amazing. I mean, the team overachieved. And, and Fickle brought just this, this attitude, especially on defense, uh, on that defensive line. I mean, they get after people. But... They're losing like three of their starters on the defensive line, guys that were, were major contributors, and it will be tough to replace that as well. And, and then I look at their schedule. They have to go to Ohio State. They have to go to Marshall, Houston, USF, Memphis. They have to host UCF and Temple. I just don't see this team being an 11-2 and squad. With, with all the pieces that they lost last year. So <clears throat> I think it's going to be a rebuilding year for them. I think they'll still win like seven or eight games, but I think they're bound to, to take a step back. So I think for all those fans that are expecting a lot from Cincinnati, I think this is going to be a down year. So they're for me, they're bound to disappoint uh, this, this upcoming year. Uh, let's talk about guys that you believe are the top prospects in this uh in this conference, Ed, and we're talking about NFL prospects, obviously, guys that that have a chance. Let's start with the quarterbacks, I guess. Yeah, I like uh, I like this kid, Derek King, uh, quarterback from Houston. Um, I think he goes through his progressions well. I think he can fit passes into tight windows. I think he has decent accuracy, decent zip on his passes, and he really has the game manager qualities. He shows some maturity in the pocket. Um, so that's definitely that's definitely a guy I I, uh, 
I think I think you know maybe he might not be uh you know like one of the one of the first round guys for sure but you know this this could be a decent quarterback class and he could maybe be like a fifth round guy who you know go goes as a you know competes to be a backup for somebody well the the undersized quarterbacks right now they are this is this is the new trend right now. Obviously, we all know that Kyler Murray was the number one overall pick in 2019 NFL draft, and and King is an, another undersized quarterback. You know, five eleven, one hundred ninety four four pounds. Uh, Dana Holgerson is gonna develop him, um, give him more consistency at the at the quarterback position. It's gonna be exciting to see him. I mean, he's gonna put up huge numbers because he's got great speed. He's got great open field moves uh, as a runner, but don't mistake this. I mean, he is a pocket quarterback. I mean, when you see him, he's really fluid in the pocket. He's got a quick release. He's got a good arm. He's accurate. I, I like his poise, and uh, I think there's a lot to like. And I think Holgerson will add some more of a de- dimension to his game. I think his numbers are going to be crazy. I think King is going to be one of those guys on the cusp of the Heisman Trophy if Houston is in the race. I mean, if they win like nine or ten games, I'm sure King is going to be invited to to New York uh, for, for the Heisman Trophy. I, I I have no doubts about that. He is going to be in the conversation because his numbers are going to be uh, crazy. But, I mean, it's a little bit of a debate for me. You know, I, I look at his moves in the open field. I look at his speed. And I just it screams wide receiver to me, you know. I just I want him to switch to wide receiver because he could be like a Randall Cobb type of player. I mean Cobb played quarterback at Indiana and he switched to wide receiver and look at the career that he had. So I think if King you know, switches to wide receiver, I think he can carve out a big time career there. But I, I think he is gonna be a guy that's that's gonna try a quarterback. It's just a little bit of me say that says that he can do it. And he can succeed at quarterback and be maybe like like David Garrard type of player, um, but part of me says switch to wide receiver, man. I mean, you could be like, you know, a, a Pro Bowl type of slot guy at, at the next level. I, I know it's unfair, you know. I've already said that, you know, he, he's got the skills, but it's just, uh, you know, I, I'm excited. I, I just think that uh, a position switch uh, to wide receiver would be needed for him to to become a big time player in the NFL. Well, I went with you on the on the Lamar Jackson move to wide receiver, but I I I don't like I don't like the idea of moving him to receiver. I think he I think he has some potential as a quarterback. I think no, he, he has does. he does. Absolutely. I mean I've already said there's there's a lot of strengths in his game and, and Holgerson is gonna, you know, clean up those mechanics a little bit. His mechanics break down at times. But I mean but Holgerson is gonna clean that up. And yeah, there's definitely potential there, and um, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, Lamar Jackson didn't switch to wide receiver, right? Ed? I mean, he's playing quarterback. I mean, I mean, I mean, logic says if if Lamar Jackson, I mean, Lamar Jackson played a little bit of receiver earlier in his rookie year, but I mean, if Lamar Jackson's a quarterback in the NFL, then Derek King is definitely a quarterback in the NFL. No, absolutely. Like I said, it's it's only the Patriots that that experiment with these. Uh, college quarterbacks and they move them to different positions i mean other teams are not so accustomed to it anybody else from this conference that you feel uh we should uh keep an eye on i like this guy sean bradley a linebacker from temple um he laid a big hit on aj Dillon of bc that actually injured him 
Um, he's a competent run defender, good ball skills for a linebacker. Um, and he came up with a big interception against Cincinnati. So I think, I think Sean Bradley is, uh, is definitely a guy I, I, I think we, you know, we should keep an eye on. Um, you know, always looking for linebackers. You know, we've seen a lot of linebackers come, come from Temple. Um, you know, I wouldn't call it linebacker U, but, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a program that produces linebackers. Um, as far, another, another guy I like is, uh, Brendan Hayes. Uh, he's a defensive end from UCF. Um, what I, what I have to say is I like him as a 3-4 defensive end. Um, I think he has quick reactions and run defense. Um, sometimes he can be overpowered by bigger tackles. Um, but I think he's a legitimate speed rusher. Um, I think he needs to add some upper body strength. Really, I think if he can just get the size and, you know, really commit to being a 3-4 defensive end, I think he can be, I think he could play in the league. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of more names. Uh, there's a safety from UCF that I really, really love. His name is Rich, Richie Grant. He's a junior. He's about six feet, 195 pounds. Uh, he had a huge sophomore season. He had a team high, 109 tackles with six picks. He's got really good speed. He's got excellent range, and he just he's all over the field. Uh, he's also tough against the run, and it just when you watch, a lot of people like to focus on UCF's defense uh, offense. But when you watch their defense, watch Richie Grant because this guy is going to enter the draft after his junior season. Uh, this guy is is a player. It's the size, the range, the the speed, it's there. And I think he's he's going to be one of the top defensive players in this conference. Period. So uh, Grant is a guy to keep an eye on. I agree with you on Sean Bradley. I think he's one of the better defenders in this league, period. I also mentioned a couple of running backs. I already mentioned Patrick Taylor, uh, the running back from Memphis. Uh, he's about 6'3", 225 pounds. Uh, he didn't get the love uh, just because Henderson was there, Pollard was there. He was kind of the odd man out. But this is the same guy that still rushed for over a 1,000 yards as a junior. So keep an eye on him. Uh, also keep an eye on Coxie, uh, DeMonte Coxie, uh, junior wide receiver. Um, he's also at Memphis. He's a big-time player. I love his size. I like his hands. Uh, I think he is, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on uh, in this conference. Uh, and another a couple of more guys. Michael Warren, a junior running back from Cincinnati, and a senior wide receiver for SMU. You talked about SMU. James Proch. Um, I think he, he's a guy that should be considered for an all-star game out there. If it's not the senior bowling, he should definitely be at the NFLPA Bowl or the, the Shrine game. This guy's a player. So keep an eye on those guys, and uh, we're going to switch up conferences. Ed, uh, we talked about the American Athletic. Uh, we all we will talk about the Conference USA up next. So let, let's talk about the best team in Conference USA. Who do you think is going to be the top team this year? I'm, I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit. Um, okay. I, I'm actually going to go with Southern Miss. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I, and I, I know you're going to be surprised. Uh, I knew you were going to be surprised. Uh, Jay Hobson is an underrated coach um, who's had success in the Conference USA. Uh, they return quarterback Jack Abraham, who led the nation in completion, per, completion percentage. Um, he'll be healthy in 2019. They have a very good defense. 
And they returned seven on offense, including four or five on the offensive line. So uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of positives for the Southern Miss team. So I think they're going to be a little bit of an under the radar team. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm going to go with Southern Miss. I hope Watkins returns. I mean, is he eligible right now? I mean, he's he's a really good player. Watkins is is the team's best player. He's a wide receiver. Uh, he is Jack Abraham's favorite target out there. Um, I think that's the, the biggest question mark is, is Watkins going to be eligible? And that's the question mark that I think everybody is, uh, is dying to, to find out. Interesting pick. I, I certainly didn't expect that. Not that I'm saying you're wrong or I'm right or something like that. It's just, yeah, you took me by surprise a little bit. Um, all right. The best team for me, uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with FIU, Ed. I just, <clears throat> this is the team that went nine and four last year. Uh, they went six and two in Conference USA. Uh, Butch Davis, he's in his third year. He's seventeen and nine. Say what you want, but I mean, this guy knows how to win. He did it at Miami, and uh, he's done it everywhere where he's been. So, um, you know, the the offense is going to score points. Uh, they've got James Morgan, who transferred last year, um, and from Bowling Green, and and he was terrific. I mean, he just he got the job done. They've got a wide receiver uh, by the name of Austin Maloney, who's very, very underrated. They've got a tight end in Sterling Palmer. Uh, I think they've their offensive line was fantastic last year. Um, and you know, when you look at their defense out there, I'm looking at the stats. Uh, it was the program's best defense since 2014. It just it managed to hold teams to 24 points or fewer seven times last year. Uh, I think the defensive front is strong, uh, and I think they've got one of the best uh, players, uh, one of the best defensive players in the conference that I think nobody's talking about. His name is Sage Lewis, and um, I believe he's one of the top defensive players in this conference. So uh, James Morgan at quarterback, Austin Maloney at wide receiver, uh, Sage Lewis at, uh, at linebacker. And I just I believe their their schedule is a lot tougher this year. Um, you know, they've got like, they've got games against Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, Florida Atlantic, and Marshall. Uh, but, uh, and those are all going to be tough games. But I think this team is capable of winning 10 or 11 games this year. I think FIU is on the rise. And I think Butch Davis is the major reason why. He, he's going to give this team confidence. And they've got experienced players at, at those positions that they need. So uh, I'm going to go with FIU to, to take that next plunge, that next step forward. I, I think they're going to win the Conference USA. Uh, how about a team on the rise, a team that, that's bound to bounce back? Um, you know, I, I like uh, the UTEP Miners. Um, not a lot of the teams expect them to be good, but they return seven on offense. Uh Kai Loxley will be healthy at the beginning of the season uh, after injuring both ankles last season. Um, they have talent on defense. Um, they were just kind of bit by the injury bug last season. Um, this will be Dana Dimel's uh, second season, um, which is you know sort of better in the rebuilding process. So um, they're 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 kind of an under the radar team that I think could be good. All right, I'm going to go with Lane Kiffin's team. I'm going to go with Florida Atlantic. Uh, I realize that they lose Devin Singletary. Uh, it's going to be a huge loss, but but uh, they, they've got a couple of guys back, and uh, they've got some running backs that are 
are going to step up. And they've got this kid, the Alabama transfer that everybody's talking about, B.J. Emmons. So hopefully he's going to be able to to take that, that job at running back. And quarterback, it's Chris Robinson. Uh, Robinson. Uh, he's the Oklahoma transfer. Um, he's a guy that was suspended, but now he's back. They've got a lot of potential at wide receiver. I like Harrison Bryant. He, he's a very good pass-catching tight end. He's the go-to guy. They've got Tavares Harrison. Uh, he averaged over 17 yards per catch. Uh, they've got a lot of talent, I believe, on the offensive side. And I think Lane Kiffin is going to be able to make it work. I mean, first year he came in, he lit it up. Last year they went 5-7 and seven and 3-5 and five in Conference USA. So obviously he's he's got to bounce back, but I think he can do it. And <coughs> there's defenses led by uh, Rashad Smith, the senior linebacker a quick athletic leader uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I expect this team to compete. I don't think they'll they'll be in the in the Conference USA Championship game. And um, obviously it's a lot to ask, but I, I do think Florida Atlantic is going to improve and um win, you know, 8 or 9 games and it's definitely going to be an improvement over the 5 and 7 season that they posted last year. Uh, how about a team that that's bound to disappoint? Uh you know People have been kind of like higher on UIB, but um, I, I think they're going to have a down year. Tyler Johnson, the third, uh, he won't have his top five receivers from last year. Um, they no longer have sort of the underdog tag. Um, they only returned four on offense, and they only returned five on defense. Um, last year they had a lot of experienced players, and this year they're gone. Um, so UAB... Um, you know, a program that's been on and off, and um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see them being very good this year. Uh, usually, Ed and I disagree on things like this, but I, I agree with Ed on this. I, I think UAB overachieved last year. They went eleven and three overall. They went seven and one in Conference USA. Uh, it was a great storyline, and and they definitely overachieved. But they lose a lot of talent, and and that's why I think. They also, I also believe that they're going to take a, a step back this year. Uh, let's talk about those top players in this conference that should, we should be keeping an eye on. Uh, guys that you believe should should get a shot in the 2020 NFL draft. Well, I like this Manes Mose guy. I mean, he may not even be ready for the draft. Uh, he may not. He may be like a a true sophomore and so he might have to play his junior year but this is still a guy we should know about he's a bully as a run blocker and he's a grace he's aggressive and he's not afraid of the head-on collision very effective at pulling very good balance at pulling he's a nasty player this is a nasty player teams are going to like him um you know the only i guess the, the the thing about him is that uh I, I didn't see him as much I didn't see him as much in pass blocking um, but I mean you know a team a team will a team will want a run blocker like him and I, I'm just gonna assume that you know if he if he can run block the way he can he can I'm sure he can at least at least pass block so, at some at some adequate level obviously uh, in this conference it's all about Mason fine we, we didn't talk about him. The, the senior quarterback from North Texas. I mean, the, the guy, it seems like the guy has been around for like 20 years, to be honest with you. He's a dual-threat quarterback, doesn't have a massive arm, uh, but he makes it work. I mean, he is just, 
he is the offense for for North Texas. Uh, and if it all goes well, he's going to end up being the man, I mean, the top 15 players at his position at the quarterback's position of all time in passing yards at the end of this senior year. But I just don't see him being a big time quarterback, NFL quarterback. But obviously, let's let's give him the respect. Mason Fine is a really, really good college quarterback. But there's a wide receiver that he throws to. His name is uh, Rico Bussey Jr. He's a senior wide receiver from North Texas. He's a big wide receiver. He's got good hands. This guy is is on the watch list for the Senior Bowl. Um, he put up some huge numbers as a junior. Um, I think he had, like, let me look up at the stats, 68 receptions for over 1,000 yards. He averaged 15 yards per reception, 12 touchdowns. He's a big-time target in the red zone. Um, and I just, I'm a big fan of Rico Bussey. Uh, I, I think there's another guy, Adrian Hardy. Uh, he's a junior wide receiver from Louisiana Tech. Benny LeMay, uh, he's a running back, a senior running back from Charlotte. Uh, Harrison Bryant, I've already mentioned him. He's a senior tight end from Florida Atlantic. Sage Lewis, the, the senior linebacker from FIU. There's another defensive end to keep an eye on. His name is Alex Highsmith, a senior uh, defensive end from Charlotte. Uh, he just he had a big junior year. He's, he's a guy that gets after the quarterback. And those are a couple of guys that I wanted to mention. Anybody else you wanted to bring up? I mean, you... Uh, I mentioned that Manesse Mosa, the sophomore offensive guard from North Texas. Anybody else you want to bring up? What about uh, Rasheem Booth? Uh, he's a junior from uh, Southern Miss. Um, he's a linebacker. He, I, I can see that he can drop into zone coverage. Um, he has good instincts to get into the backfield. He's an aggressive tackler. Um, the thing, the worry about him is that he's a bit underweight for a linebacker, but if he can put on some weight, um, yeah, maybe a – Maybe a later round guy. All right. Um, and that that's basically the preview for, for Conference USA. Uh, we, we did the preview for a Conference USA. We, we did the preview for the American Athletic. We talked about two big-time prospects in the 2020 NFL Draft, Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from Alabama, and safety from LSU, Grant Delpit. Um, Ed, uh, it, was, it was a pleasure. Uh, thanks for uh, giving us a lot of details. Yeah, it's been fun. Well, we'll come back next week. I'm Alex Kaftoff at Hunt. This was Blitzcast number 65. Thanks for listening. Take care.